This is Connor. And this is Paul. And, and welcome, welcome to Silver Screamers, your genre swimming, decade floundering film podcast. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know something's starting right now. Watch and you'll see. Someday you'll be part of your podcast. I was debating singing that, and uh, you didn't want it. It didn't happen. You didn't. Oh, I just, I just said I'll just continue talking. Yeah, just talk. Yeah, that's what we do. I have no Ariel. This really. Although maybe we'll have a ditty later on. Bangers I mean, it's very this. hard to just talk about these songs. Yeah, to be fair, uh, Disney week, Disney uh, month, week, month. Disney season, Disney season, because it's meant to be a month, but you know, well, it takes a bit longer. We never it's actually said that. Well, I think we did at the did start. We, st- well, we planned on having one a week. I mean, come on. But we're doing we're doing okay. We're doing maybe one every two weeks at this yeah, stage. So yeah. it's Disney two months. And uh, our we, we uploaded our uh, our promo photo. Oh yeah, for go Disney, check it out. Which uh, got a bit of traction. Got a lot of praise. A bit of traction for some people is like a hundred thousand likes. A bit of traction for us is like we got twenty three. There you go. <laughs> 75 where was I going get ahead of myself 75 <laughs> someday Paul I was thinking though it says like 114 people saw this and I'm like and only 23 of them liked it <laughs> I <laughs> <Yeah>. dare you <laughs> anyway it's like what is that 90 people just saw it and was like oh, oh embarrassing we have to we have to acknowledge and make not a confession because I think we, we actually did a pretty good job but last podcast, oh, yeah. we had some really weird, funky issues whereby some people probably think this is a good thing, but where my microphone kept cutting out. And essentially, we the screen on my laptop went turned off after a couple of minutes and I never bothered checking it. And then we went to listen to the podcast back and it was me going, oh, and another good point, I think, is... And then silence. And then I'd come back in and say... And that's why I think silence. And it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, we so did some uh, copy and paste. In I and spent, <laughs> I spent two days going back through the podcast beat by beat and then going, what the fuck was I saying there? And then recording something and slamming it in and just, you know, trying to make it flow. <laughs> But it worked. It was okay. Grand. It was okay. It was and I, I I've on did text me being like, what's up with Connor's voice? A few friends of mine texted me and said um, it was kind of noticeable maybe once or twice, but then other times... Like, it was grand. So Look, it was it's grand. It's grand. I put it on Twitter before we decided what to do. And the vegan check-in suggested that we just re-record. They were like, oh, no, just kind of just re-record. But I was like... <laughs> I suggested that, and your bit was grand, and you were like, no, I'm not doing that. You go back to oh, re-record. I just feel like the spontaneity of all of our points would be gone, and the enthusiasm for the film would be gone, and like the whole anecdote about the, the fish, my thesis statement would have lost its... Welly. Gravitas. So, yeah, anyway. Anyway, hopefully our so, tech issues are behind us. So all your bits would have been lost and then, uh, you know, my bits would have been saved. Plenty of your bits were there. Uh, uh, Disney, Disney week, Disney week, Disney season. Welcome to Disney season. Welcome to Disney season. I'm quite excited uh, for this one. John, this one's for you. Our good friend John has been waiting for Disney or, or animated, really. Mm. I don't know if it's specifically Disney, but animated. And we've, uh, we've had a couple of requests for guest spots i think this season is going to be 
littered with guest well, appearances. I hope I so. <laughs> I know Darina, uh, who has since who has had a child since our last uh, podcast. Yes, Welcome uh, to the word, Fola. Jesus, I was about to say popper clogs. That's not right. She's popped. Jesus, <laughs> she's popped. <laughs> um, yeah. So our very good, my, uh, our very good friend Darina had a baby, and she is. We're going to visit her in a few weeks and record an episode. Yes. And next week, our friend David, David is going to join us, so we might record us. an episode with him and my friend Orla has also said she might be in an episode so loads of Disney lovers loads of Disney lovers this might be this might be uh, our first uh, repeat genre if we ever get stuck yeah maybe <laughs> we get so much into it. we'll see how many likes I mean, and all that this gets well yeah there you go and then we might just be okay we're now a Disney podcast <laughs> so uh, I, I feel like we're both of an age where we grew up during the Disney renaissance so Disney was very pretty important to my upbringing. Would that be fair to say for you? Oh yeah, jeez. I mean, which was this, this movie, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, particularly. I think for me was one of my favorites, and Aladdin. Uh, They're probably, all the nineties, then. Yeah, probably, probably Aladdin and the Lion King are the two I remember the most from my childhood. But so, well, Aladdin. You were talk. I mean, the Aladdin, Lion King. You were like, wh- like you weren't like a young, young kid then. I'm you not were that like, old, Paul. I know you always make fun of me at my no, age. But I think 90, Aladdin is like ninety three, and Lion King is ninety five. No, I don't think the Lion King is ninety five. I think it's ninety three or four. Lion but yeah, it would have been. Okay, it would have been like nine. Uh, Lion King is ninety four. But like, but that nine, you know, like, what about going further back to when you were like four or five? I mean, I watched Beauty and the Beast and and Little Mermaid that we're going to be talking about today. And I would have seen 101 Dalmatians, but they never struck the same chord that those two films did with me. Okay, so you're firmly... And the Renaissance, I'm a 90s kid, the Renaissance 90s. man. Uh, for me, it was definitely The Little Mermaid, and I guess A Hundred One Dalmatians and Lady and the Tramp. You know me, I'm a dog person. I had a picture book of Lady and the Tramp, and in I could before I could read, and there was loads of pictures of Lady. You know, you know the animation of Lady with the floppy ears. Yeah, and I, it, I did the picture. Uh, well, in loads of these pictures in the book, it looked like her ears were like flopping out to either side and she was running. So me not being able to read, I just assumed that she could fly <laughs> like Dumbo with, with her ears. And then when I actually saw Lady in the Tramp at first, I was disgusted. <laughs> I was looking forward You're to just a flying dog. dog. But then I grew to like it. Dumbo would have been a big, important film for me as well. Dumbo, not so much. I did like Fantasia. Okay. And, and like... Snow White, I suppose, as well. I saw Snow White in the cinema. C- Cinderella was my first ever cinema film. I can, yeah, a few people have been recently saying, because you said that, a few people have saying, oh, my first film in the cinema was this, that, and the other. I can't I remember. remember. You should ask your mum. Bernard might remember, because yeah. he was probably my with My parents you. weren't really cinema goers. My aunt would have brought us to the cinema a lot as kids. Kate. Yeah. Ask Kate. Yeah, I must see. It was probably a Disney my film. My first memory of a film, although I'm sure we went to the cinema beforehand, is Jurassic Park. Ah, oh, Jesus, you're about 18 then. <laughs> it was not. I was nine. You, you saw that twice in the cinema? I saw it once in the cinema, and then I went in oh, and, got, and remembered the Velociraptor scene in the kitchen and got totally freaked out and just ran out. Hmm. And my mom brought me to see God love her she brought me to she said okay well what will we go and see instead and I was like hot shots part uh. I believe you told this story in our very first recording oh did you yes because right. okay. Jurassic Park is in your top ten full films. circle <laughs> We've, that's it now it's all just repeated anecdotes because Jurassic Park is in your top ten films right uh, it probably would have been yeah. and I, I think 
this film i will the little mermaid i will find this hard to critique because it was so integral to my childhood so i will have to do my best to kind of look at this from a non-nostalgic point of view you've got a you've got a long history with this film. long history um, and i think we talked about last week how many times you've actually seen this i mean i don't is, know I, I i you keep saying that but you were able to give me a fairly good estimate no like it was just once, like once a week for about a um, hundred years well it was just i we probably had like four vhs's when i was growing up and this was one of them and it just found its way into the player a lot <laughs> and you know even watching it last night I'm I, surprised after that amount of times watching it it still worked on the old tapes yeah I never wore out a tape I know people used to say that not once did I ever wear out a tape and I would have rewatched a lot of those old films but in regards to, to Disney and maybe just before we get into the specifics of, of The Little Mermaid Disney is it, the Disney films kind of come in a few different categories don't they okay go on well, there's the fairy tale Disney films, yeah. so which the grim kind of fairy tales. Yeah, well, this is Hans Christian Andersen, yeah, yeah. and I even would include Aladdin in that, even though it's not a fairy tale, mm. so to speak. It has the the teenage protagonist who opens up with a I want song and yeah. then goes on a magical adventure and then falls in love with a princess or Cinderella, is a princess. Cinderella is obviously grim. Brothers. Cinderella is uh, Snow White's grim. Sleeping Beauty is grim. Puddle, as it was in the original. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is, and that's a friend. Uh, Beauty and the Beast isn't grim. That's a, no, dr- so. a French story. Uh, Little Mermaid is Hans Christian Andersen. Tangled is grim, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rapunzel's grim, and that's yeah. Tangled. Even Frozen is Hans Christian. Well, it's based on the Snow Queen. So I, I would put all those kind of fairy. They're like one, and they're all just kind of big Broadway musical style things. Mm. I would put Moana. We we saw Moana we saw recently. Moana. It's first excellent. Time it was excellent. It's really, yeah, really good. Really good. I, even though I think that's an original story, I would say that would fall into the fairy tale. I'm sure it's based on a it's, it's Polynesian it's, uh, fairy tale. It's 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 but the the mythology of Maui. Maui. He he exists, and the the mythology is, but the actual story itself is an original Very story. Original. And even Pocahontas was an actual person. And you know, and Hercules is Greek mythology, but I think they all fall into kind of the princess slash fairy tale stories of Disney. Well, I don't know. Actually, now that you're saying it, I think we we've there are the fairy tales, but then there's also mythology, which are not necessarily fairy well, tales. Well, uh, well, I, I think they all are the same type of Disney film. They all have certain beats such as the young protagonist who sings the "I Want" song, who goes on mm-hmm. a big adventure. They okay, go on. They're all big Broadways. Then there's the animal protagonist films. Okay, Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp, 101 Dalmatians, yeah. The Aristocats. Um, That's the one we watched recently, uh, Basil the Great Detective. Yeah, yeah. And then some of them are highly anthropomorphized. Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. <laughs> like he, Basil's wearing clothes. The rescuers are all wearing clothes in this. So there's those ones. And then there are the, uh, the more recent Pixar ones which I think are kind of a different thing again they have more of These a kind like of the Toy Stories and the yeah, Incredibles and yeah Ratatouille and some of them kind of cross over because Ratatouille is also an animal one yeah. um, the Incredibles uh, Cars and so that's like the third and then the other faction which is kind of the slightly smaller films would be their franchise films so that's their films with the Winnie the Pooh films like a Tigger movie a Piglet movie I feel I wouldn't even think of those as Disney to be honest yeah um, also the Mickey Mouse films which Mickey Mouse is just kind of you don't hear yeah, about you don't him hear anymore, him anymore. He, they kind of moved away from him or yeah something, they or have maybe he's maybe he's considered a bit old fashioned I think yeah. Or, yeah 
he's still I mean he would still be an attraction that you always see on the Disneyland promotional stuff but he's kind of become more of a logo than a character what was it that we was it um, Moana we watched and at the start they had the the very very first Mickey Mouse movie where he's uh, on a on a boat Steamboat Willie Steamboat Willie yeah. Moana at the start like instead of the instead of the oh the I Disney don't remember logo. Well, maybe yeah maybe you're something right. like that yeah. but like the, the, I think in the 90s they kind of had a bit of a comeback because they kind of had they did a series of like old stories with Mickey Mouse characters like they did the Prince and the Pauper with Mickey Mouse and they did a, a Mickey's Christmas Carol and then Donald Duck he, he had DuckTales in the 90s and that was a film DuckTales and then you've been re-watching the new, new I movie. watched a few Is but then I watched them thinking, oh, I wonder will these have a flood of nostalgia? Um, not really. No, not no. really. I watched the Goofy movie as well. Oh, yeah. Which is it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's just this weird film. I watched it because I, I, I remember wanting to see it as a kid and then it left the cinema pretty quickly and then I just never heard of it again. And Goofy's a dog, right? He's a dog? Yes. Yeah. But he's like highly anthropomorphized like he, he's apart from his face he's basically I always get uh, Goofy and uh, Pluto mixed well, Pluto up. is just a dog Pluto's just the dog yeah Goofy, is, the, Goofy yeah. is essentially a, a mime with a dog's yeah. head and this Goofy movie film Goofy movie film the, yeah everybody in this film is a human with a dog's head of some sort okay it's and, like Goofy's world yeah yeah and if this wasn't Goofy if, you, if Goofy was an established character and you watch this you would be like why are these all dog people because they don't they don't bark they don't sniff they don't do anything they don't even have tails oh, right. it's just it's just it, the face of a dog it's just literally it. yeah yeah and like it's very like urban like they all drive well, cars you could say the same about duck tails really couldn't you because they're all just ducks I, talking I feel them. like they they like swim and, and they quack and they have more duck Okay. Qualities than Goofy, who literally just has a dog head stuck so on you top. Thought if they if they howled every now and again, it'd be better. I just like when you met in Basil, they were like highly anthropomorphized, but there was mm. they were living in a world with humans, and they were like living in mouse holes. Tiny and, little yeah. So it was like yeah. That, yeah. This had there was, this film could have just been a cartoon with humans in it. Yeah. and it wouldn't have taken anything away from the story all I, all I think now is that goofy is starting to sound like a weird word but okay the storyline is do you know do you remember in the Simpsons in the itchy and scratchy cartoon oh yeah and then that was they decided to introduce a new character Poochie oh yeah home and, played and Poochie, Poochie yeah. was like this cool dude yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was the kind of what you would imagine a group of middle-aged white men are thinking what the kids would think are cool and that's kind of what a goofy movie is like they got this goofy son and they stuck sunglasses on him and he does a rap <laughs> in the middle of it <laughs> oh, Jesus. And it's just, yeah and it's just like maybe it's of its time maybe I what don't know. year was this made mid 90s yeah, yeah it was probably hammer time or something around that yeah, yeah 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 and it is a musical that has no business being a musical like when he bursts Fresh out Prince of Bel-Air and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and kind of yeah. Stuff, yeah. and uh, Goofy and his son Max um, are black uh, dogs but they have white gloves they all have white gloves oh, yeah. like uh, Mickey and as Mickey does yeah and do you know like this is so just terrible do you know why they have white gloves oh it's it's uh, no, minstrels minstrels I know yeah. minstrels oh, God. I know I know and as soon as I because I, I was thinking like why do they all have white gloves and I, I googled it and yeah the, and it's not just to be fair it's not just Mickey and Goofy it's um, 
Bugs Bunny and pretty much any cartoon that started. I thought it was just more to... I, I think I have thought about this before. I didn't think it was because it was minstrelly. I just thought it was because uh, having a rabbit, say, Bugs Bunny with a, a human hand might look a bit weird, so they just give him gloves. So let's look oh, I'm sure that is it. And like now we just take it as normal, but it has roots in the, car- right. the style of cartoons at the time that these characters were invented generally were minstrels and like that was kind of the basis that was that they were drawn around and that's just kind of a a relic of the past that still exists Mm, (laughs) but anyway i i think so yeah i was saying fairy tales slash princess movies animal movies pixar and franchising they're kind of the four yeah types of disney films i think the princess and the fairy tales the same isn't it really yeah i just said that because disney princess is a franchise of its own now Right, like when there's a new movie, like there's the there's it's a merchandise, the Disney Princess merchandise, mm-hmm. where there's there's eight of them or ten of them or whatever, and there's bags with them all, and you can buy dolls in them, and there's oh, there's kind of, they're kind of like a, a a band or something, yeah, yeah, yeah right, okay. and 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 oh, that sounds so old, <laughs> like one of them bands or something, <laughs> exactly, they're like the spicy girls, <laughs> and they're all very and as the uh, you know and so Moana was inducted there a few years ago. She's the most recent into the into the Disney Princess Hall of Fame. Yeah, was yeah. She, oh, she was a princess, she was a, was she yeah. Well, I mean, she was a chieftain. Yeah, I think they play with the term princess a bit loose because um, Mulan is a Disney, uh, Mulan is a Disney princess who isn't a princess, and uh, Pocahontas is who is like the chief daughter of mm. the tribe. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's fine. It's just a selling. <laughs> it's just a selling point for uh, little girls. I Loads of people were thinking that when when Disney acquired. Star, Star Wars oh, yeah. that Princess Leia was going to be oh, an yeah. official Disney princess but they never maybe they'll have like a <laughs> uh, they already have animated Star Wars maybe they could do it in Disney style though and then in Oh the, yeah, this, yeah 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 that, I saw a picture of Princess Leia in Disney princess style drawing wearing her white dress on the things and <laughs> I, I don't know the, it might the, dilute uh, the brand a bit the, not the croissants but the uh, the cinnamon rolls exactly yeah so it's been great actually we've started watching lots of different disney movies now on disney plus we started with the black cauldron yeah we decided to watch some 80 80s films so that we wouldn't these would be films yeah, we are not so going to do be interfering with the the genres <laughs> or the, the decades i suppose uh, black so the black cauldron, cauldron yeah. yeah not bad all right it's okay okay basil the great mouse detective yeah that nice was that was good yeah. yeah then we watched moana which is like in the two, 2010s yeah which I think we just decided. We I, I knew it. I wasn't going to pick that. Yeah, um, I just wanted to watch it. So it's fine. Yeah, and it was great. Uh, it was really good, brilliant, but really, really good. Like think the songs are great. Moana herself was was great. I feel my interest in watching, and you'll know this, my interest in watching animated movies in recent years has declined. Yes, um, I have noticed. Yes, <laughs> but I do love when it, when you get a good one. Maybe that's just because I've, I've watched a few and they've not been great. But when you get a good one like The Incredibles or The Incredibles Two or Moana, they're brilliant, mm. you know, and they're really enjoyable. Have we watched anything else? No, I mean we oh, were we watched we watched all three Little Mermaids. Yeah, so in, in kind of preparation, preparation for this. this. Did you yeah. know there was three? Because there are, <laughs> and there's also a TV show which is probably forgettable. Well, I, I suppose the the '80s was a rough time for Disney. Uh, will I give a little, a very, very, very quick history lesson? very very quick go on um so Walt disney died in the 70s and the jungle book would have been his last film mm. and after that disney kind of floundered 
Ah, ah. Prepare for more of them in the episode. <laughs> Floundered a bit around for a while, and they had a couple of okay ones, but the Black Cauldron, they put a lot of money into that. And, um, really? yeah, oh, huge amount of money between 25 and 45 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah, which is quite a big discrepancy. I don't, that seems like quite a big. <laughs> 20, 25 or 40. Yeah, million. and it only made 20 million back. So it was a disaster for. Disney, uh, but it, it's a very not Disney style kind of. It's well, I think they were kind of trying to find out what their style was because they hadn't made a fairy tale film since Sleeping Beauty in the early seventies. <clears throat> but there's no well, sorry, now is there? Kind of, there's no musical numbers no, really. No, I suppose they were trying something different with the Black Cauldron, and it just didn't work. And can a lot of people? Most people would, even if they haven't seen the film, most people would recognize, you know, I've never seen the Disney Robin Hood with the foxes. Have you ever seen that? Uh, oh, I might have. But I think most people it. would know, oh yeah, there is a Disney film with fox, a fox Robin Hood. And most people would know that, oh yeah, there's the Aristocats. And there's, mo- most people have an awareness. I reckon most people don't have a clue about the Black Cauldron. No, I think when you had said it and I saw the uh, saw it on Disney Plus, I was like, "Oh, yeah, that looks familiar." But I mean, I, I would never have thought of it if I if we were doing the category game and we were running out of Disney movies, it would not be one that came to mind. No, no, not at all. Oh, sh- that's a good category game mm-hmm. sometime. So, and around the early eighties, an animator called Don Bluth left Disney. Oh, I heard and, of him, yeah. Yeah, he would have been a big, big name and he took a lot of the animators with him and he went on Did to... He, have, he obviously had a falling out with the company or something. I don't actually know that. I mean, maybe, or maybe he just wanted to be independent and, and he released a, a swarry of films in the 80s, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, yeah. The Land Before Time. Uh, I love The Land Before yeah, Time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, the Secret of Noon. The Land Before Time was Spielberg, wasn't it? No. No? No. Directed by? No, directed by Don Luke. Oh, right, okay. Um, An American Tale. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, and these films were really big. While Disney were releasing The Black Cauldron, uh, The Fox and the Hound, and Basil. Uh, And and we just were not competing at the same... The Mark, yeah. Yeah. And... And Basil is good, but it's not... It's it's good. And and Basil did replenish the coffers that... The Black, the Black Cauldron lost. lost but it wasn't this runaway smash that Disney needed and Disney were in real trouble of getting into financial ruin and like that's just even the thought of that is crazy now because Disney own everything <laughs> and then they were Disney were like okay well, we're going to need to go back to our roots so they decided to make a, f- a fairy tale film the Little Mermaid, and and the Little Mermaid had been toyed around as early as the nineteen thirties as a Disney oh, wow. film, okay. um, and and there had been a, a kind of a prototype script, and and it makes so much sense. I mean, it's like the perfect fairy tale. It's funny that like it was, it was the idea was floating around for the thirties, and then it was floating fif- around. Yeah. <laughs> And it was 50, 60 years before they decided yeah, to make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's mad. Why? I guess they went in a different direction because they at that they, they hadn't made For six decades, they didn't really. I mean, they had, they had in the between, they had uh, Pinocchio and Dumbo and all these sort of Yeah, things. but they're not, I wouldn't call them fairy tales. Like, I would say Sleeping Beauty was the last fairy tale film that they made. So they made, they made Snow White, then they made Cinderella and S- Sleeping Beauty. And then they didn't make another fairy tale till Little Mermaid. Oh, right, okay. 
and um, when they approached Little Mermaid they were like we're going to approach this like you would a big Broadway musical so they they the, the songs were they weren't just these little songs that were wedged in there they were big Broadway numbers and initially Disney were thinking oh this is more of a girls film we're not sure this is going to have a big broad appeal but they went ahead anyway and once it was released it was a game changer yeah it just it was amazing it, it blew it was just incredible now the uh, later films went on to make much more money than it made but it kind of paved the way it sort of solidified this new direction as like okay we're going but this it, is what we do exactly well. yeah so this is what makes money so let's keep it this. Yeah, yeah yeah and then the films that were that Disney were to make in the next 10 years are among the best animated films of all time. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like yeah. Sleeping Beauty, Aladdin, The Lion King. Sleeping Beauty. Sorry, sorry, Beauty and the Beast. Sorry. No. Beauty and the Beast. <clears throat> Aladdin. Aladdin. Lion King. Hunchback of Notre Dame. I know you're not a fan. Nope. Hercules. Mulan. Pocahontas. And then Tarzan. And I, I feel like as they go on, they start yeah, to lose a bit of steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, but Frozen. Uh, but I would I, w- I would put that later. That's kind of that's kind of I don't know what era you'd call mm. that. But that w- that's not the Disney Renaissance. That okay. yeah, I mean. So I, what period are we? In I now? don't know. Feel probably now with Pocahontas. So like they had these kind of fairy tale films, and then I think they're maybe maybe this is not fair to say, but to a certain degree, they've been kind of exploring other cultures and other fairy yeah, tales yeah. and myths and, you know, Mulan, well, not necessarily myths, like Pocahontas is a myth, but then you've got, like, Mulan and Moana and, you know, various other cultural things. Yeah. And even Frozen is more Nordic. Yeah, and, and they've also been... Uh, ex- it kind of like woke Disney, you know, because <laughs> Moana doesn't even have a love interest. And yes, and Frozen is oh, very tangled and brave. Uh, yeah, and no, I've never seen tangled. No, and um, brave doesn't have a love interest either. Frozen. Who needs a man? Exa- well, yeah, uh, and then you know, I think there was a period where they were like, we're looking at our back catalogue of princesses, and they're looking a bit Aryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you know, then we got Jasmine, who is yeah Middle Eastern from Aladdin yeah but I don't think at that time they were probably thinking that way do you think that was 92 um, or something I, mean, I don't think that perhaps not perhaps not no but but Tiana from print, uh, Princess and the Frog she was the first black Disney princess mm. and they were absolutely thinking we, well they know. needed the- yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, and th- now when you look at the Disney princesses, it's actually quite diverse. When are they going to have two gay princes hooking I mean, up? I mean, there's a lot of talk that Meredith from Brave is a lesbian. But I mean, there's she doesn't have a love interest. But there's there's a lot of gay coding there. But I mean, to be fair, unless she has a love interest, it's one of the first fe- you know female leads that doesn't have a man. She must be a lesbian. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> going to be a long time before we see a Disney a lesbian Disney princess with a girlfriend. I think that will be another while yet. Do you reckon? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, because I think ultimately Disney are going to do what makes them money, oh, and true. I think. It, I think this might be really cynical, but like you might say that Moana is a really like is a really like progressive yeah. movie, but it's it's made because that's the type of movie that now makes money. Yeah, I feel though that they could like Moana is a huge production, and a lot of the more recent ones probably are. They could probably do a lower budget movie and not pump as much money in, but make it still a still make a good movie which represents you know. 
Yeah. Did you see the the live action of the Beauty and the Beast? Uh, I watched some of it, maybe half of it, but I didn't really enjoy it. So I, I think I had watched half of it and then I it was late and I went to bed and then I just never went back to it because I wasn't interested. I haven't seen it, but there's a gay character in that. Oh, it's right, Gaston's friend, though, so it's like uh, a periphery character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll just have to have the villains... Scar and Ursula and the dude the, from Pocahontas. Yeah, all, the, all the really camp <laughs> villains. Although I do like the camp villains. Yeah, I'm fine camp with that. villains are the best. <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll talk about it. Like, like when, I, when I think of Little Mermaid, it's not under the sea or anything. I think, I think, I think of poor unfortunate souls in pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ursula is incredible yeah and i have and, uh, and, uh, i'm so excited to talk about it and the lion king i think of, uh, it's clear your powers of perception are as wet as a warthog's backside <laughs> Does, doesn't scar have this part where he like bends his claw and is like oh yeah, yeah, like, uh, do you know pocahontas I did see Pocahontas, I can't really remember. I mean, the villain, I don't know the villain's name, but he has pigtails, a little pet pug with a coll- like a fluffy collar on it. <laughs> and there's a scene where he has a golden cape and he says, see how I glitter? <laughs> He's basically Liberace. So, I mean, a part of me is like, is it really offensive that they're like, we need to uh, code that this guy is evil, so we'll make him really gay. But then I'm also like, you, you, get, you take what you can get. <laughs> in, Mo- in, Moana, in Moana, you had the big turtle, I'm shiny. <laughs> I didn't get gay vibes from him no, maybe no. Not. I did like him though so I'm going to so, tell you uh, what you're listening to oh yeah shit <laughs> what are you listening to Khan? we're only 40 minutes in uh, you're listening to Silver Screamers Silver Screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme or genre and dissect four films in that theme or genre from different decades and this week we are covering The Little Mermaid in our Disney animated series Ooh. So, get into the film of the hour. Well, will we do a very brief little summary of the... Okay, we'll talk for like two minutes on the sequels, because... Because you don't need to watch them. You don't them. need to watch them. No. no. The, so, the, the sequel to The Little Mermaid is a story of Melody, who is... It's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's not good. It's uh, Moana's daughter, Melody, who... Moana. Ariel's daughter, Melody, um, who gets kidnapped and tricked by Morgana, who's Ursula's sister. It, it, it's the same. It's, 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 basically it's the, the exact same, same except instead of wanting to go to the... Well, instead of instead of tricking Ariel, she tricks Melody and then uh, wants to get the trident and become the evil witch, see which queen. Yeah, but it's it's literally the same plot. They've just put it on Ariel's daughter, and instead of wanting to go to land, she wants to go to sea. Yeah. Except yeah, yeah. that uh, Melody isn't nearly as interesting as no. Ariel. Yeah. Uh, Morgana. Morgana. Even though yeah. she's this, Pat Carroll, she's not the lines the, like she's not nearly is, as interesting yeah. as Ursula yeah. and Ariel who I think I, I'm going to be quite I'm going to be a bit of an Ariel defender for this episode um, Ariel defender or what's the name of the actress that plays her Jodie Benson Jody defender. defender no Ariel defender oh, because right, yeah. I, I think there's probably a lot of criticism that you could fairly put at her feet but I do find her an interesting character in The Little Mermaid she's just a she's a wet blanket in the sequel she's, there's nothing interesting she's, about she, her at all She's very little to do, really. I no. mean, the focus is on Melody and, and Morgana. 
and there's a bit too many characters as well because then you have, you have Flounder oh, and, and they, Sebastian they, they back and then there's a penguin back and, it's and, and there's a penguin there's a walrus yeah. who want to be heroes and I don't care about them and then she Morgana has this little piranha slash shark and then it's just it's just too much yeah. it's, it's not worth watching yeah the prequel is better the prequel is not too bad yeah it's 2007 or eight it's Footloose it's basically, it's basically the story of uh, King, Footloose yeah King Triton uh, his wife was a, a lovely singer and uh, she dies at the hands of humans which kind of well but they never say that that they hand it to them that that's why he doesn't want people to go to the surface but they never say it uh, well maybe they didn't need to say it they say that afterwards he ban so he his wife was killed and I think it plays nicely into the uh, into the the actual little mermaid then because he he still doesn't want Ariel to go to the surface even though so so the prequel is uh his wife dies she's a beautiful singer uh she's killed by humans although unintentionally I think and he bans music and it's this whole story about Ariel trying to get music reinstated into in the in the undersea world, and Sebastian, who's you know the 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 course um, the advisor, what advisor to the king, has this underground speakeasy where he's playing music and singing songs. Yeah, and that's basically yeah. And there's a, there's also that they need a villain because one yeah, needs yeah, a villain. Yeah, so they got Sally Field in to play this mermaid who's the governess, and I feel that this was a wasted opportunity just to have Ursula. We know yeah. Ursula used to live you could in... could have had Ursula because she used to live in the she, castle. We know she, and I've, I've loads to talk about that later. We know she lived in the castle. Let's find out... Let's, do, let's find out why she's not in the castle anymore. Yeah, That's what I yeah. care about. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, they didn't. Uh, but at the same time, Ariel, I recognise her as a character again. Yeah, it's enjoyable. And the music is good. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's covered. They, they wisely are like, you know what? We're not going <laughs> to write better music than that's in the film. Well, we probably didn't have the, the budget to write it. But no, yeah. but well, let's just get uh, that song from shake, Beetlejuice. Shake, 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 Sonora, shake your body. Right. That goes on. That, they sing it like eight work, times, and work, it's and it's work, good. Work, yeah, yeah they, they obviously paid for the, the rights once, and then they <laughs> and they're like, let's this. milk yeah. these rights. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's fine. You know what? If you have your niece or nephew over um, for an afternoon, and you got Disney Plus, stick it on and they for them. seen the original or they have seen the original and you don't want to watch it again. I think they need to have yeah, seen yeah. the <laughs> yeah. um, alright so I think it's my turn to do the synopsis this week yeah you're going to do a deep dive oh, into the synopsis oh. I better not because I will fuck no actually don't do a deep dive yeah, just uh, skim just do, just do uh, skim just thread, oh. thread the water thread the water okay, okay. go Hit for it in. okay three two one go Okay, so we're introduced to King Triton and uh, Sebastian, who is court um, music person. And he's b- made the symphony for King Triton to celebrate Ariel and her 16th birthday. Um, all mm. his sisters come out and start singing, and Ariel's meant to be there, but she isn't, and Triton's like, where the fuck is she? Um, meanwhile, we're introduced to Eric. Eric's the prince. Eric is a seafaring person, and he's looking for love, but can't find love. We find Ariel and her friend Flounder looking around uh, shipwrecks, and she's finding lots of human items, like forks and all this kind of stuff, and she's storing it in her little treasure trove of human items, and she's like, oh, I'd love to meet these humans and, and be a part of their world. Uh, King Triton gets wind that she... Um, is into humans and he's like no don't do that and tell Sebastian to keep an eye on her 
she swims up to the surface and sees uh, this uh, Prince Eric's uh, ship uh, shooting fireworks, and but it's destroyed. And she swims over, rescues Prince Eric, brings him to the strand. And that's fine. He wakes up and goes, "Oh my God, you're so beautiful!" But then she fucks off. Um, King Triton realizes what's happened, and she, he tracks her to the. Um, to her little treasure trove of all these oh, human things girl. and is like no way oh I'm going to teach you a lesson and she he blows up all her stuff these two uh, that will bring her back <laughs> two electric eels come along Flotsam and Jetsam and go oh hey we know this cool uh, witch uh, Ursula and she'll be able to make you a human if you want so she goes along to Ursula Ursula has devious plans in mind and Ursula's like yeah I'll make you human you go up you have three days to make him ki- make this prince kiss you and if you don't then you're mine and you'll become this little one minute thing uh, if you do then you get to stay human uh, for the rest of your days oh by the way you need to give me your voice as payment she goes okay and Ursula makes her human she goes up she says Sebastian or what she didn't say but she please says pleads with Sebastian not to tell her father and they start trying to make uh, this guy fall in love with her so they spend some time together and he's just about to kiss her when um, Flotsam and Justin knock over the boat Ursula's like oh fuck this uh, little <laughs> little tramp, little tramp. It's very She's nice better than I thought. So she takes uh, she takes Ariel's voice and um, turns herself into a, a human and goes and seduces. Twenty Eric. seconds. They uh, Ariel's friends make you know destroy this wedding but it's too late she, Ariel gets her voice back is about to kiss the prince but she's too late and turns and uh, turns back into a mermaid Ursula's like yes you're mine and goes down uh, King Triton comes along and goes damn you Ursula and time uh, Ursula's like oh well Triton if you don't want me to take her I'll take you instead she's, and Triton goes that's fine take me um Ursula turns into this big thing, but Eric comes along, kills Ursula, and uh, Triton's turned back, and the king says, oh, that's fine, you can live with Eric now, off you go, happy days. That's about it. That's it? A bit over time A bit over time. You could have scaled back. Oh, Jesus ah. Christ. Okay. I don't think it was her 16th birthday. I think it was just her... I set. said that, and you, I saw your face, and I was like, don't interrupt me. I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. Don't interrupt me. And also... 15 seconds, 10 seconds, 5 seconds. Um, I'm like, I'm getting my groove here. You're interrupting me. You need to know how to... I like to know my time. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing best man. I have to do a best man speech on Saturday. You better not be there and the audience going, say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Interrupted my flow. <laughs> Expect some hecklers. Um, What's your history with this film? When Do you remember the first time you saw it? Or Nope. I remember I was a kid. I remember I saw it maybe twice and then I didn't see it for donkey's years. And that's I was really uh, wanting to watch it uh, recently because I know you love it and I know you have a big history with it. And uh, this was the perfect excuse to take it and, mm. and watch it and, and do this podcast about it. It's such a good film. Taking my nostalgia goggles off, I... I do think this is like a, just a brilliant film. It's just so entertaining. Yeah, it's fantastic. My memory of this and t- my t- the timeline in my head is a bit fuzzy because I thought I saw this when it first came out, but I was only three when it first came out. So it must have been a year or two later. And you know, when you're a kid, you don't necessarily realize. Well, you probably didn't even realize it was in the cinema and your parents I, just rented I, it. Or I something. didn't see it in the cinema. I definitely yeah. saw it at home. Yeah. But I actually have memories of being really into the fairy tale of The Little Mermaid before I saw this film. 
Oh, you probably had a fairy tale book. I think I did. I think I had one of these kind of compilation picture books with lots of fairy tales in oh, them. I had one of those as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember The Little Mermaid being my favourite one. Scruff. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And in my version of The Little Mermaid, like, you can see her boobies. Ooh, she wasn't wearing shells in my version. The Disney version, I can tell you. Um, and are you familiar with the actual fairy tale? Because it's a little bit different. Um, I'm sure I have heard it before, but I can't remember the specifics about it. There's a few. I mean, it, I feel like the, the Disney film made every every correct decision in what they changed. The a few the few things are. It's, it's not that they're not allowed to go to the surface. It's just they have to wait till their fifteenth birthday, and that's when they're allowed go to the surface and on her 15th birthday she goes and that's when she rescues the prince okay and the sea witch isn't evil like she's a bit nefarious and she's a bit she's got her own bit dodge. agenda no agenda oh. she's literally just a witch who trades spells for a high price okay. and her aerial so her she doesn't have a name she's just a mermaid um, the little mermaid is after she rescues the prince some other broad comes down to the beach and sees him and then he thinks this one is, saved him okay. but that woman was in a nunnery so he's depressed because he can't marry her because she's in a nunnery <laughs> so let's try as a nun in the desert so, so the little mermaid is uh, under the sea and is depressed and her sisters are all like why don't you go to the sea witch and uh, ask her what's what um, and also her grandmother is a character and her grandmother tells her that uh, humans only live about 70 to 80 years while mermaids live for 300 years but humans have souls and go to heaven while when mermaids die they just turn to sea foam oh jeez that's yeah. a bit harsh <laughs> yeah. Hans Christian Anderson was a bit was a bit of a holy joe okay so he, he wanted to get his bit of Christian agenda in there well, why couldn't mermaids go to heaven I don't know because they weren't like God God loving I don't know Anyway, so she goes to the, the sea witch, and I have this really strong memory of one of the components of the potion. The the sea witch is just a mermaid. She's just like a witchy mermaid. She scratches her spongy boob. That's a word that Hans Christian Andersen. I just re- I remember that word in the fairy tale. Spongy breast. She scratches <laughs> it and puts her inky blood into the potion. And I remember that being quite scary. And it's not that air the, the little mermaid loses her voice. Uh, her tongue gets cut out. Oh, so that's very violent, isn't it? Her tongue gets cut out for this potion? Yes. Or maybe that's her payment, that the witch needs a tongue. That's her payment. Is like, it's not her voice, it's her tongue. So she gets her tongue chopped off. So Jesus <laughs> Christ. I know. The lots of arteries in your tongue. I mean, you die if you I, your we, I mean, maybe mermaid tongues are slightly different. Or maybe in salt water. It'll well, I mean, there's no souls in them, obviously. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, but the witch is, that's it. That's the last we see the witch. Okay. She's not. She has no she's ultimate agenda. She's got her payment. She got her payments. Yeah, and her 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 layer is made of the bones of um, sailors that died in shipwrecks. Like and does she does, she doesn't have the three days thing. No, she has as much time as she wants. But if she, but yes, if the prince marries her, she'll remain a human forever. But if he marries someone else, the little mermaid will turn to sea foam on the sunset. The, the, when the sun sets on his wedding night, if it's not to her, so she'll die. So she'll die, yeah. So she goes up to the surface, she, she drinks her potion, and there's another caveat. Every time she walks, it feels like she's wet stepping on knives. So it's a horrible... Jesus I know, Christ. it's a horrible thing. Anyway... <laughs> I know. So she meets the prince, and the prince 
uh, is like, oh, that's a nice girl who can't speak. Um, you know what? I'll put her sleeping at a cushion at the end. She's pretty shit at French kissing as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put her at a cushion at the end of my bed. So he be- And he refers to her as his dumb pet. Oh. So he's not at all interested in her. Yeah. And, that, and he says he's holding out for his true love and then he meets this he's meeting princesses left right and centre and he's not interested princesses come out of his arse but then he meets one princess and it turns out it's the one from the nunnery and she wasn't a nun she was just doing some training in the nunnery and she's a princess so he gets married to her Mm. and the princess um, the mermaid's going to die that night but her sisters come up and they've had their hair chopped off and they've done a deal with the witch that if the little mermaid murders the prince and the new princess she will then turn back into a mermaid. So you get her tongue back. No. So she gets the knife. She goes over. She's about to kill him, and then she realizes that wouldn't be right. So mm-hmm. she throws the knife away, dives into the sea, preparing to die. And then she actually goes up to heaven. And it turns out that because she was such a good person, she does get to go to heaven. Yeah, and she and that's how it ends. With none of your family, because they're still mermaids. None of your family. Yeah. I think there might be some silly thing that like they get to wait, and if you're a good boy. You take another year off penance for the mermaids. Some kind of, you know, those kind of bullshitty fairy tales. That I must read that fairy tale. Actually. It is good. It's good. It's really good. But like, you can see why. I studied Grimm's fairy tales in college, actually. Well, that's it's not Grimm's. No, I know it's not. It's Hans Christian Andersen. But yeah, you're, you're German. Yeah. Like, uh, I have a huge have book of Grimm. No, I don't have the Little Mermaid, but I have a huge book of Grimm. Sure you well, you've. Oh yeah, you'd read it in the sitting. It's only yeah. about. It's probably about five thousand words long. It's like a short story, really. Maybe it's more than that, but it's it's yeah, but. uh it's a good story, but I can see why they were like, yeah, let, let's have Ariel yeah. meet her friend. Maybe let's leave the tongue and the knife. some magic to take <laughs> out her voice, not like chop her tongue off and beat out of blood. Yeah. Let's not cut her spongy boobs up. No. But so I, that fairy tale was, uh, was a big deal for me. And then when I saw the film, it was just so, I, I can't over, I can't over talk how big a deal it was for my childhood. And this, this is getting into slightly personal territory, but I'll say it. I, loved this film therefore I wanted the merchandise from the film you know and there was these aerial dolls and that's what I wanted from Santa and we're talking about a four, I was four or five and four or five year old little gay lad little gay boy who wanted and to me it wasn't like a doll it wasn't like a Barbie doll it was just like a toy from Some action figure <laughs> well well, I, I, I learned very quickly that I was to refer to it as a figurine Okay. I wasn't to call it a doll not that my parents never said that to me but it was just something I kind of picked up but I do remember being kind of told no that's a girl's toy Hmm. that's not for you and and being really upset because my best friend at the time was a girl who lived down the road from me who was the exact same age she was getting this for Christmas and I just didn't understand why Santa wouldn't give it to me but he he did give it to me anyway I did get it but even still it was controversial there was shame placed upon this toy Mm. like I this was not a toy I talked about in school this was not a toy I could bring to my grandparents house Uh, and that's not on my parents I'm not blaming my parents for that I think it was just something that I absorbed I was very aware at that stage that this was a shameful toy but to end it on a slightly funny thing the girl who lived on my road she got the cheap pound shop version <laughs> of the doll in your face like bitch. a shit little blondy one but like made out of blonde plant. it wasn't the aerial it was just a mermaid doll oh, because okay. every other company was like let's make mermaids and oh, you know yeah. you know the type of doll why would you make them with blonde hair you maybe want to make them with red hair yeah I know, know good point but anyway they probably uh, had a fucking bunch of them but they were like alright let's bring out this shite <laughs> probably myself, yeah. but when myself and uh, this girl played together she was quite bossy so she would be like you own her all the time so I should play with her now and you can play with my shitty 
shitty pound shop ripoff, right? So I played with the shitty pound shop oh, one. Way to logic herself into. I know, better but this is this is so funny. This is, is so. This is so. <laughs> it wasn't Darina. Love you, Darina. Can't wait to podcast with you. <laughs> but this is so fun. This is so innocent, right? Do you know what that doll was called? Because Ariel was the redhead one. The blonde one was called Daz. Da- oh, Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? <laughs> we were just like, why that? Yeah. Anyway, so that's my history of the film. Well, Jesus, I don't have half the history of that uh, of this film as you do. I mean, I, I I I watched it, I enjoyed it, and that was about it. I'd never had the merchandise, never had any sort of intimate stories about it. Um, yeah, I feel that I should just like cut myself off now. And you can no, because that. I think my perspectives are going to be so shaded with nostalgia that I think we need a, a steady hand. Will we do character by character? As we always do. As, as is our thing. Who shall we start with? Let's start with the sisters. No, we should <laughs> Well, I think they should have had bigger roles. Well, they got their, they got their reprise in the, in the, they did, in yeah. the newer one. Will we start with Triton? Interesting. He's an interesting character. He's a really interesting character. And but he, he he does the same. He's actually quite a foolish character to a certain he's, extent. He's horrible because he makes the same in all the movies that we've watched. He makes the same mistake. Not really in the second he has, one. He has a strong belief opinion about a certain thing, uh, which drives family away, and which ultimately gets them in sort of trouble. And then he, he kind of has to try and rescue them, I suppose. Um, but he's a bit pig-headed, I suppose, and obstinate. But 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 clearly, very much loves his daughters unconditionally. He loves his daughters, but he's his his behaviour to his Ariel approach is, is awful. verging on abusive. Oh, like yeah. he actually no verging. He is a, he 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 destroys his everything his daughter owns. Like in a fit of anger, if this is the only way, so be it, and destroys everything. I, I just, I think that scene is. He's trying to teach her a lesson. Yeah, it's and it's despicable, actually. Yeah. Very scary. He's scared now. Like, I think maybe they realized that he was quite terrifying in this one, and in the subsequent ones, he wasn't half as like in this one. His eyes go red, and he's like, yes, he literally away. goes into like anger mode. Yeah. He, he goes red ross and that, that scene as a child when he destroys all of Ariel's stuff that really frightened me yeah um i think i was <laughs> i used to always hide behind the sofa during that scene and, you would, yeah, I'm and sure, i don't I'm think sure, i did that I'm with sure the for a lot of kids that's a that's a, a living a reality you know where yeah parents would just come in and destroy your stuff or um whatever. i actually have a, a kind of a theory about triton triton in this story and it kind of ties in with ariel but i'll say it now because we're talking about him I kind of think he's the main character of this film. Mm, no. no. Insofar as Ariel doesn't have an arc. Ariel doesn't learn from anything. She goes on this adventure yeah. and she has she has a desire and she gets it, but she never learns and she, she makes mistakes, but she never actually, she never learns from anything. She never has any consequences. Triton is the one who has the obvious arc. He is the one who starts he, he from... He does have more of an arc, yeah. Yeah, uh, and in actually both this and the prequel where he is the person who now obviously Ariel obviously Ariel is the main character but insofar as he is the person that changes the the most from the start to the finish Um, and I think that could be a potential weakness in Ariel and we'll come to that later but um, yeah yeah. 
It's also interesting, I suppose, maybe it's kind of, I thought it was an interesting kind of commentary maybe on racism because he's quite racist mm-hmm. towards the towards humans. Yeah. Um, although maybe not unjustly in a lot of circumstances. He has, yeah, he's made, he's determined that humans are just, none of them are any good and that they're horrible people. But it kind of, ref- it was a nice kind of reflection on how others might see humans when we see our own species reflected yeah in lots of different ways yeah he does because it also was hard to disagree with him because yeah i mean when you saw the you know when you think of overfishing and all this yes destroys their ecosystem you know another aspect and um is that the first time we the, the film opens with men fishing and then one they, they catch like a hundred fish and one happens to escape mm. and he's he takes it very well he goes phew <sighs> must get to that concert yeah. so he's a subject of tritons you know and he was nearly killed by humans so to be fair to triton and, and this isn't excusing his abusive behavior to ariel but to be fair to triton these humans are killing his subjects for food yeah <laughs> I I also though there there's is a bit of confusion around who can hear who talking. Yeah, it's, it's very messy. Cuz like you would say if these were really just sailors, fishermen, well they they don't know any better. They don't know that there's mer people. They just kind of, you know, they're just fish. But then, you know, Eric can obviously Prince Eric later on can hear Sebastian and the, you know, the <laughs> yes. frog singing. Ariel. Her name is Ariel. Ariel. And in the in the other movies, clearly he's talking to the fish and talking to the birds and whoever. So yeah, yeah. But the dog can't talk. No, that uh, isn't that interesting. That that I was thinking, can Ariel only talk to a, like sea animals, like fish and but crabs? And well, she can talk to a seagull, who's a seabird. Mm. I mean, it's it's played. I, I think we're thinking more about this than <laughs> the, than the writers did. But no, it it is like it, it does kind of make you think. If Ariel and uh, just is and her are just eating plankton, you know, and he just so you can totally say, well, why would we form a bond with these fish eaters? And like Sebastian, well, I'm pretty sure if if Triton, who has this enormous magical power, went up and said, here, stop eating fish, fucking leave it out. <laughs> Fair, yeah, <laughs> you know, Michael. Mm. But uh, yeah, but then like when you think about Sebastian, like like that scene is played for laughs. But if we're taking it seriously like how traumatic would that be to like yeah to see like your like lots of human heads being chopped up and stuff and then it also makes me wonder that was quite a scary scene i just mean in the context of triton like you know you can maybe understand because like was eric and grimsby they were eating crabs presumably eric ate the crab on his plate that dinner and you would almost think chopping up the, the the scene with Louis and uh, Sebastian while it's quite funny and I like the song when he's and he's like obviously very happy about being a chef chopping off his heads and, <laughs> and to humans happens every day of the week you know it's quite normal oh thing. yeah like yeah, he, yeah. You gut your fish and he but but the way they frame it and the way it's sung it's quite scary well because it's see, because we're seeing it from Sebastian's it. point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah. It's like that was Bob over there. I, I was talking to Bob yesterday. <laughs> like there is another angle from this that Ariel, after she sees what Eric and Grimsby have served her, grabs Sebastian. And is like, like fucking yeah. hell. Let's get out of here. Like, they're, yeah, they're murdering my friends. Mm. Going back to Triton, when Ursula 
wins it, defe- it turns him into a little kind of goblin creature yeah. she has the staff and the crown she is so powerful and she is now ruler of the sea so there's and, and we know that Triton from the prequel we know that Triton was upset about music therefore his own trauma he made this law across his entire kingdom that because he didn't like music nobody could enjoy it um, it makes me wonder then is Triton like a dictator who yeah, like uses his magic yeah. wand to like he's all powerful bullying is every, the, the kingdom into you know not having music <laughs> you know also when in, in a couple of the movies this one included he's like nobody sleeps until Ariel's found and nobody <laughs> nobody can do anything until my daughter's found and I was like I think he's doing that when everybody and else then he goes back and sits on his throne <laughs> Dummy bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, so Triton, he needs to do a bit of work. Yeah, he needs to look in a reflective surface. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he obviously uh, uh, at the end uh, is redeemed to a certain extent where he gives up um, his own life for Ariel's. And although, oh, although kind of irresponsibly because he knows Ursula's going to be all powerful then and probably. And he immediately like, tries to murder Ariel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he, I, I do appreciate that he is like he's a really nuanced, complicated character. He's not. Yeah. He is, and like I said, he has the biggest arc in this film. He's he's a king and a ruler and a bit of a dictator and a bit of a bully. But he's a a father and questions his own. Was I too hard on her? Yeah, know, and is loving and ultimately sacrifices himself for his daughter. You know, so he is a very complicated character. Uh, and I, I, I feel like Ariel is his favorite. Alright, we move on to Sebastian. Sebastian. Sebastian Mann. Who's, yeah. I don't think the actor the actor's not Caribbean. No, he's American. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Samuel, you're right. Yeah, uh, he's a Broadway actor. Right. Sebastian's incredible. He's a great character. He's and I think consistently good and funny throughout all the movies, even though some of the movies themselves are not particularly good. To me, he Sebastian is the father figure. Is is an, as, as another father figure to Ariel, and is a much better father figure than Triton. Like, and I like he gets angry at Ariel constantly. Like when she misses the concert, which is terrible. Like, there's no excuse for that. He is raging at her. <laughs> but is he is he more upset with Ariel as a father figure, or is he more upset that maybe she made him look bad in front of his king? Uh, no, I think he's just, I think he's disgusted because this was his symphony that he never got to realize everything every time that he's angry with her is because your father wouldn't approve or you made me look bad because you didn't turn up to this symphony and you ruined this symphony you know or uh, no you can't go up to the surface with boys because you know oh no, no i i no, yeah now, now having said that it's he's it's not that he actually believes that because when ariel is turned into a human he says i will help you he goes out of his way to help her he adores her well he knows what will happen to her if he doesn't what will happen to him or it'll happen to her well, what will happen to her if, he, if 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 she doesn't manage to get the prince to kiss her but like do you not th- I f- yeah i know that but i feel like there's a real I, I feel like there's a deep love like he adores ariel like 
he, she, Ariel irritates him. Yeah. Like, what is that girl up to now? Yeah, and like even like when she falls asleep after the first night, he's like, you know, you got which is just hilarious. You got to bat your eyes you like got to this. Bat your eyes. You got to puck up your lips like this. <laughs> and then she's asleep, and he just goes over and he's saying this to himself because she's asleep. He's like, you are hopeless, child. Yeah. And he, there's so much love there. Uh, he adores her. He has probably the best known song in the movie as well under the sea oh i would almost say songs oh yes of course he has uh, he has more songs than ariel (laughs) Uh, well he's a fabulous singer i did find it interesting like under the sea brilliant song amazing song ariel's not really paying attention when he's singing and he's trying to convince her that you know why would you go up there when you've got everything you need down here Disney seemed to do this a bit, and maybe it's just these two movies, but I was trying to think of other examples where there's this big number and either it's to distract somebody to get away or, you know, somebody goes off and and has this big sing song and then somebody gets away. Like in The Lion King, when they sing, I just can't wait to be king, it's to get away from Zazu. And at the end, there's a big crescendo and then Zazu, the hippo is sitting on Zazu. Yeah, okay. And in this, he finishes the song and goes, Who the fuck's Ariel that? <laughs> Someone's got to nail that girl's fins to the floor. Though <laughs> in The Lion King, at least we're learning something about Simba. Under the Sea is just a party song. Yeah. We don't learn any. I mean, it's a brilliant song, but from a plot uh, point it's of just view. It's her. I mean, yeah, we, we actually could. You could delete that scene. And you wouldn't know uh, why would you? But you wouldn't actually learn anything. You wouldn't le- uh, lose anything from yeah, the plot. Yeah. But like it, you know, that song is the second most recognized song in the world after yeah, Happy yeah, Birthday. I've heard that, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, I've actually requested that for. Um, oh, for Karen's wedding. Oh, great. Yeah. What is it? What type of dances? Sam. Samba. Samba. Okay. I'm surprised that's never been we'll on. We be getting you up. Now. Okay. <laughs> um, and Samuel uh, E. Wright, he's he's so good as Sebastian. Oh, fantastic. he's just yeah. a brilliant he's the voice actor. Born to play, I suppose. And he will. I, I actually watched an interview with him today on YouTube, and he uh, he's a Broadway actor. He's been on. He's been in eighteen Broadway shows. Once the he was in um, Jesus Christ Superstar, and the girl playing Mary Magdalene lost her lost her voice just before the performance, so she mimed, and he was backstage oh singing um, all of her songs. Isn't that incredible? Oh, try not to get worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I know. Done <laughs> I don't know who he played because they share a lot of scenes. I assume Judas would be who he would have played, but Mary and and Judas share a lot of scenes. Maybe he. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't yeah, go into. He might have just been the chorus. You never know. I mean, he's no. He's a bigger. He's like a. He's like a big. He also played Mufasa it's in. A big deal. In the Lion King on Broadway. Oh, on Broadway. <laughs> I was like, James <laughs> Earl Jones is Mufasa <laughs> on Broadway. Um, yeah, he's incredible. He's so good. I I I I also love Kiss the Girl. I think Kiss the Girl. I I love that between between Flounder and Scuttle. Like. Uh, I do like them both but um, he's the comp like Flounder is innocent Scuttle is only young he's only a baby I I feel like he's only like 10 like well like he's a good (laughs) no as in you know in terms if if, if Ariel is uh, is 16 I feel like he's a young boy like compared to Scuttle is an idiot Sebastian is really competent like he's not uh, oh yeah, he's 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 smart. Like yeah, he's, and like he sets up this 
really romantic scene. Like, and Kiss the Girl is fantastic. Yeah, it's you've got to set the mood. <laughs> First, you percussion. We woodwinds. Words <laughs> and then, and, and like he's, he has a beautiful singing voice yeah, as well. Like, uh, it's not like a show, it's not a real Broadway showy voice, it's just a stunning voice. And that is just it's incredible. Like, I mean, and to sing these big Broadway numbers, uh, you know, and maintain that accent is incredible as well. Yeah, so he's not obviously used to that. Well, funny, he actually says he can't do a Jamaican accent. He said he was adamant in this interview that he can only do a Trinidadian accent. I thought it was Barbados or something. And he and and they were they asked him to do a Jamaican accent, and he said I can only do a Trinidad, and he did that. They were like, they were like, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's grand, Samuel. You've got the job. (laughs) Uh, Won an Oscar for best song, not him, the 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 composers, but Under the Sea won best song that year. Oh right, okay. And Kiss the Girl was nominated. Oh, two nominated. Two nominated. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I would have also given it to the other. I mean, yeah. it's, I can't really pick a best song. But the, the film was in competition with itself for best, best song. Yeah, but part of your world I can easily see have been there. And Poor Unfortunate Toes. Those four songs are, are just... All four of them are iconic. Yeah, they are fantastic. Yeah, the Sebastian. music in this is incredible. So good. So that's Sebastian. Here's Sebastian. Should we move on to? Well, we. Uh, I mean, we could talk about Flounder and, and Scuttle, but I don't, don't have much to, to say. Flounder. No. Flounder's fine. He's a nice, innocent fish, and he's is, is friendly and has a bit, of, a few funny bits. Scuttle, he's kind of this. He is, he's kind of this kind of Dell boy kind of. Uh, Isn't that kind of Jewish New Yorker? I don't think it's Jewish New York. I think it's more like uh, like New York Italian or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like anyway, he's he's yeah. He, he's, he has a surprising amount of like a lot of the time. The Disney princess animal friends are just kind of scenery and comic relief. They don't have a whole lot of impact on the plot. Mm. Scuttle has two times where his. Scuttle is actually Scuttle is crucial to uh, yes. telling Ariel that the that it's Ursula yeah. uh, at the end, and leading the charge to break up the wedding. Yeah, and which is vital. Yeah, and actually is the first before kiss the girl to say we need to set the mood and start singing and it's awful but he puts the idea in Sebastian's head yeah yeah he he actually is like well let's be active about this yeah, let's, let's be let's proactive this along. yeah 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 um, <laughs> he's also and he also you know has funny bits where he's telling Ariel oh, a fork is actually a scrub dinger and that's it that's the kind of the silly comic the relief bits, that we yeah. see yeah but it, it does pay off throughout the film with Ariel he's actually quite crucial he's very he's more crucial than Flounder and and you could also argue that Flounder tells he accidentally mentions the seagull which is the clue that tells Triton that Ariel went to the surface which it starts the big fight at the start with oh yeah that's right yeah so that's Scuttle that's Scuttle I don't like Flounder not much nah nah Uh, will we talk about Eric (laughs) <laughs> not much to say either no really. he likes animals he like nearly like he's yeah, he he's very likable oh he's lovely he, and he like risks his life to save his dog he's a bit old for Ariel he is a bit old for Ariel I mean like, they said Ariel was 16 one yeah so so they say Ariel is 16 and then I asked you last night I was like how old do you think Eric is uh, and you're like I don't know 21 he's he could be 18 
he, to be honest, he looks about 26, 27. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they drew him older, I don't know. But um, He does look old. Doesn't he look really like Aladdin as well? Yeah, I feel in a lot of uh, Disney movies, they have a style. Maybe it's the same animator, I don't know. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. But I recognize that also in the Black Cauldron when we were looking at it. And... Yeah, they have a certain style. Yeah. Of, like they have the kind of old man. Yeah, style they the, definitely. I mean, Grimsby is basically the old man yeah, from yeah. the Black Cauldron. One thing I re- really like about about Eric, and then you could extend this to Grimsby as well. Like Eric is a prince of a kingdom. Well, I, I guess Denmark, because that's where Hans Christian Andersen is from. Well, you don't know. They're just a place. Yeah, yeah. He's a prince, and he finds this girl on a beach who is disabled who is in that you know she can't she has her in need you know her her voice doesn't work she's wrapped in a she's wearing a sail okay granted she's a smoking hot redhead 16 but he finds this girl on on the beach and instantly and and you know if he he first thinks oh she, she saved my life but he he kind of dismisses that straight away so in his head she is just this random girl who was washed up and can't speak and he instantly takes her in yeah you can't you couldn't be doing that for all your subjects no like welcomes her like invites her to dinner takes her on the tour of the kingdom and he also realizes that they've met and he's kind of thinking is this i guess in his gut he knows but it just doesn't work logically because she can't Mm. speak and then grimsby like i get eric is i think he's gradually falling for ariel over the few days grimsby Grimsby is, is his care. Oh, the, the butler kind of. Yeah. yeah. His, I, I, I feel like he's the Sebastian of Eric's kingdom. He's like the... He's a bit like Batman. Like, where is his parents? I mean, yeah. He's the king and queen. He's got <laughs> yeah. this old butler taking care of him. I suppose Disney were like, look, we don't, they're not important. We'll just yeah. write them out of it. So they have Grimsby being the kind of the parental figure. Yeah. But Grimsby as well, like, you could easily have had Grimsby like, no, you have to marry a princess. You can't... But yeah, Grimsby yeah. like, is like... Falls in love with her as well. Grimsby is like... And, and to be fair, at this stage, Ariel has um, brushed her hair with a fork and blown like tobacco smoke all over his face. He could have been like, who the fuck is this girl who can't speak that you've dragged? But he is like, she's warm, she's caring, you know her two days. Why don't you marry her? Marry her. He, yeah, I, think I, I think they imply at the start, or Grimsby does, that, you know, we've been around this fucking fence a fucking load of times and you're saying no to all these girls and we just need to marry you off now because you're getting on. <laughs> well, that is it. But I also think it's that's it's really nice that that nobody is like, Oh, she has to be royal. There's a slight yeah. when the the montage of Sebastian surviving, he's in the pocket of her dress. I love that it's a sail, but scuttle sewed on a pocket or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a kind of a montage, and you can hear some of the people in the kingdom being like, "Well, she doesn't sound like my idea of a princess." Yeah, so I know a nice girl. Yeah, yeah. So, but Grimsby nor Eric have any snobbery. They're never like, "Oh, she's a." Uh, this peasant girl who can't like you know yeah. you know she can't even speak what she doing? can't speak that wouldn't you know from a tradition a lot of uh, traditional people wouldn't be like well like, she's a randomer who can't speak who why would you have her as your princess but neither of them are like that and i there think that's is, good there is an interesting point about eric at the end so ursula comes transforms herself into this woman vanessa vanessa and gives her ariel's voice yeah 
and walks along the beach going <laughs> and he decides so they, they decide so he, he becomes infatuated with her and they're going to marry the next day because then she apparently said we'll have to go away and so let's just get married now does um, she say that? Yeah, I think I think when Ariel overhears it, he said, "We we need to be married today because Vanessa has to go away or something." Um, <laughs> but no, but but, but, but um, you kind of think, "Oh, he's a bit he's a bit of a ponce and he's he's just abandoned Ariel now." But at the end, when Ariel gets her voice back, you realize there's these kind of yellow circles oh, in his he's eyes been, that he's been bewitched. Oh yeah, when yeah. she sings, you see her shell glowing and it goes into his pupils. Yeah, it's not. I mean, Ursula could have just turned up as Ursula because he was bewitched. Yeah, you know, yeah it's no. not this that he's a prick because he leaves Ariel. No, just he puts a sp- yeah. She puts a spell on him. Yeah, she puts her voice. And Eric is like a zombie for that entire time. He's like standing erect and he's speaking monotone. Yeah, so he is under a spell. I mean, Jesus Christ! He fe- <laughs> so from Grimsby's point of view, <laughs> this random girl washed up with no voice. Eric is kind of going out with her, and he's like, "Well, she could work. Maybe that should work." And Eric is like, yeah. "Maybe." And then he, he, he the next and day he's infatuated with her, and then the next the day, next like, day he turns up. He was like, "I found this uh, a girl uh, with a brown hair <laughs> called Vanessa, and uh, here she is. And can you tell the whole village, drop her the, the whole city?" get that ship we're gonna get married tonight but your your father is a king and he's in another we're getting married tonight Grimsby yeah. I didn't ask uh, you for your opinion well I guess she is lovely <laughs> <laughs> these things do t- like he organised that fast but whatever yeah, well, it's yeah. a fairy tale yeah, it, the, yeah they, they drew the characters fast <laughs> so that's Eric I mean nice guy uh, yeah, bit yeah. Of a, bit of a Disney prince and that's about it yeah yeah yeah. I want to talk about Ursula. Ursula. It's a similar. Uh, so that music, that beat kicks in whenever it's flotsam and jetsam or anything got to do with Ursula. Yeah, really. it's her. It's her. It's her little score. Her scheming theme. And it's kind of similar, I think, to Aladdin. Well, funny when we were humming it there, I just kept on thinking, do 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 do. I guess it's just this, yeah, it's yeah. just whatever the beat. But is. when it gets into her song, it's nothing like the Aladdin songs. I love Ursula. I love her. <laughs> she's she's amazing. Just I just love her. I love a big camp diva. She is as camp as can be. I mean, Pat Carroll, who plays the voice, is just incredible. And that went through quite a few castings. Iterations. They wanted B. Arthur originally. Right. And then then they wanted Joan... uh, Joan Rivers. Joan... Oh, my God. Joan Collins. Um, And then they they, and then Pat Carroll auditioned and was a nobody. Like she was a Broadway actress and she, but she was not a name. And she auditioned and then forgot about it. And then a year later, they got back to her and they called her back. Incredible. A year later, like you just be like, she she has no memory of the original audition. When they phoned her back, she had no memory of it. And she, it's just hard to think that because she was like just. The voice is so... It's just married to the it's animation. It's this husky, I've smoked a million a day for 20 years kind of... But campy. she has strength to her voice. Like, it isn't... Oh, yeah, but she's got a... Uh, yeah, a, yeah. It's rust, a, rust, yeah. Rust, rusticness. Not rustiness. But well, she has an incredible singing voice. 
Oh, fantastic. Incredible voice. Oh, and we watched... Is she, like, Pat Carroll, is she a Broadway name? Maybe now she is, but back then she she was... You said she was a nobody. But she was... She when I say she was a nobody, I mean, she was, it wasn't, you know, when when talk compared to B. Arthur or, or John... She, no, she was a TV actress, but m- mainly a stage actress. It's a very yeah. Irish name, isn't it? Pat yeah, yeah. But I, I also just think the design of Ursula is incredible. I mean, it would have been so easy just to make her a a mermaid that was a bit evil. Yeah, with a black tail. But yeah, but a squid. the fact that they made her an octopus or a squid woman, I just think from a design point of view is she, incredible. Um, She's slithery and slimy, yeah, and, and like, and there's always some limb going off to yeah. one direction. Yeah. And, like, and the animation, like, and like just a tentacle come over the shoulder. And yes, like, and she's all, and when she's her scene with Ariel, which that in that scene is one song. Like, like as soon as Ariel arrives, she, Ursula says a couple of things yeah. and then just starts singing. She sits down and puts on her on her lipstick. Yeah, as if she's getting like it, it's like a vanity mirror. She's yes, getting ready for and she's putting her little bit of product in her yeah. little. Uh, and she's got cool kind of eighties kind of amazing hair, hair. back gel. Yeah, hair, she's yeah. so cool. But within thirty seconds, she starts her song. That song is four minutes long, yeah. and by the end of it, Ariel is on oh, the beach. It's a game changer, yeah. And it is the perfect song because it is an incredible song but also it conveys everything that we need to know it conveys the spell the that she's going to give her it can spell, it has so much exposition the and there's there's interlude there's in, interwoven into the song are speaking bits as well so when she says now listen because this is important the music is still playing but she tells the terms yeah. very clearly very clearly and i thought it was very well done because when Triton comes at the end and tries to blow up this contract, she she he can't. Even with his big nope. powerful staff that makes Ursula big and massive and can do all this magic, he can't break this contract because it's legal and binding and signed. Because and Ursula is intelligent. Because she's very intelligent and she kn- she knew she had to very clearly state the terms to, <laughs> yeah. to Ariel. Yeah. And she stopped singing and stopped doing all the dramatics and said, now listen to this because this is important. She she actually says that to Ariel. She's like, "This is important," yeah. because she's under. She's like, she's like, "I don't want any terms. And you yeah. read the freaking terms and conditions." She's she's making a sales pitch. The entire yeah, song yeah, yeah. is a sales she's pitch. Like, you're not, you're not under any obligation to sign this and take this nope. offer. You're not under any obligation. Uh, these are very clearly. If you don't get him to kiss you in three days, you become one of these little worm people, and I get your voice, and that's it. <laughs> and if you do, then off you go. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Congratulations. And now, she does interfere. She interferes. Yeah. I mean, she's a dodgy player. Yeah. She bends the rules. She doesn't break them. Well. She never. Okay, okay. She's a despicable person. But she never does anything that she's she, not going to happen. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, she never does anything that she, she never breaks anything. Like she, she created this contract. Yeah, she never and says, she, "I'm not going to not interfere." <laughs> oh, I mean, she gave. She, yeah, she said, "If you kiss him in three and three she days." Kisses. Now, kind of unfair that she bewitches him. I mean, that's a bit much. <laughs> well, I agree. There's just so much to say about her. I mean, now hold on. Why does she care about these worm people? Like, she's done this a lot, okay? Mm. She's made these deals and mm-hmm. it hasn't worked out. But on the whole, she's been a saint. I wonder, are there people out there then that have actually... Beat her. Yeah. Not even beat her, but like have... You know, she makes these deals and, if you know, 
I'd say, I'd say possibly. But, you know, I mean, she's clearly got her own agenda and is self-interested and is not afraid to bewitch a few people if it gets her way. Mm. So She yeah, plays dirty. So she gives the example of there's a a fat guy who wants to get the girl and he turns him into a big buff guy and then there's a scrawny guy who what, what, what it, this one wants oh, to get the girl that one wants to be thinner do I help them yes, yes indeed. indeed yeah so she so she makes her thin and him muscly and then they it's happened off. once or twice yeah. despite the garden of dozens <laughs> and dozens of known people um, so fine why do like what use are these I just, wormy people to her? Uh, I, I mean, I would yeah. say like if she gets their soul and it makes her more powerful. Yeah, witch, that's a good question. I would say okay, fair enough. But like, so for, no for Triton and for Ariel, it's just getting them out of the way. Well, for Triton, there's very clear she wants the Triton. But but it's it's get him being a known I don't person. Think they should have called him Triton because she has a Triton. <laughs> for him, it's just getting him out of the way so she can have the Triton. I know what you mean. For the earlier deals with these other Mer people, what's they're the, just regular kind of Mer people. Yeah. Like, so, so what? Well, maybe, maybe she got their wares or something. But she make she she makes them pay. She, like she took Ariel's voice as payment, which is another thing I wanted to talk about. Why does Ariel need to pay? Surely the payment is if she fails, she becomes a, a slug thing. I think the voice is the payment and the slug thing is like, it's, it's, if it's the slug thing, or the, it's like a bet. Okay, Either one of us wins, but Ursula will always have the voice. I think Ursula always wants to get paid. So there's two different things here. There's, there's either it's a bet or it's a contract. If there's a contract... There's consideration, which is the payment, yeah. which is the voice, and then you get your thing. <laughs> yeah. If it's a bet, it's then it's if you do the, if I do this for you and you complete this task, then that's fine. Yeah. But then otherwise, yeah, this happens. I guess Ursula is writing it, so she can write whatever she wants, and either you take it or leave it. But there's no, f- yeah, mm, there's no forfeit in a contract like that. You can't say, well, you pay me for this service, <laughs> but then if you don't do this. I don't know, it sounds a bit weird to me. But I mean, she's a very, very wise sea witch who's been around the block and she's, you know, she has a teenager here. So I reckon... I reckon there also was. Also, not entirely sure of the teenager. Well, enter into a contract by that. Well, <laughs> that's. I don't know mer law, mermaid. Law. I was starting to think as well. Like maybe Triton should, instead of like getting, you know, maybe he should start changing his laws about contracts contract with teenagers. Law, yeah. Maybe rather than like just ruling with an iron Triton. I think, I think it's like magical law or something. Something I noticed in this watch that I've never noticed before, actually, is do you know when Ariel is swimming into the cave at first and one of those goblin creatures grabs her wrist? Okay. Well, if, uh, I've always kind of thought, oh, that's just a monster grabbing her little scary scene. But actually, it's not. It's it's a person that is warning her, don't come in here, you're swimming to your doom. That's kind of tragic, actually, when you think of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. One thing I will say about Ursula, though, and look, we had Orla here, a good friend of Orla, who I think will be on the podcast soon. Don't compare, be compared. <laughs> and Orla was saying that like Ursula is the most despicable villain yeah. ever, and I I do agree that Ursula as a person is, is is terrible. Okay, but I definitely do think there's an angle that you can look that maybe she isn't the worst person in the, or maybe she's more of a she's a result of Triton's rulership rather than just pure evil herself well i mean they do she does say that uh she was at one time in the palace or whatever yes 
Uh, that would have been so good. I know. It, oh, I, it's so like, annoying. So was she just a random courtier in the palace that got kicked out for doing dodgy magic? Or, look, we don't see any other octopus people there. So there is a potential that... There actually, are other... Well, I think she's a squid, but there are other squid because Morgana, her sister, is somewhere around. But there are, yeah, in the world, but we don't see any of them in Atlantica yeah. in the film. So when she says, when I lived in the palace, that actually, there's two potential things that could happen there either she was just part of triton's kingdom and then for some reason she got banished i want to know why or atlantica was actually originally owned by octopus people and the mer people had this big siege kicked all the octopus people out had a big genocide killed most of them ursula ran away and uh, or, or swam away and found her little thing and then she's bitter because all of her people have been raced out by tri- uh, have been erased by by triton yeah, or and maybe maybe if the mer or if the squid people originally had the triton and now she wants to kind of get it back yeah because she's in- i kind of feel it's the former though i kind of feel it's like she was part of the kingdom and then she was banished for some reason i mean i would love to read like fanfic. Here's the movie in the movie. This is the prequel. I mean, I love Ariel, but let that. This is Ariel's film. Let's put her aside and let's just have a big epic film about the octopus people versus the mer people. Mm. I want to see that. I want to see that too. And I, I do like how uh, Ursula loves flotsam and jetsam. <laughs> like even like even though you know they're her kind of hench men, hench eels. And they kind of put the plant the idea in Ariel's head first to go to see uh, Ursula, even though she's this big wicked witch, the horrible thing. When they die, she's like my poochie poo. <laughs> she's devastated. That actually, I actually think that supports our argument that maybe she's not the worst. Uh, uh, she's a bit nefarious, but she has love. I mean, no, she's not a bit nefarious. I mean, she's turned up onto fucking whole garden of people into but, little worm things. But if 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 her people had been genocided by the mer people, maybe that's why she's become so bitter. But she's not. She like if you look at a lot of Disney villains, they are horrible to their minions. They're abusive to them. She's not abusive to her minions. She adores Flotsam and Jetsam. She, to me, she seems like a big diva who's uh, got a chip on her shoulder, but loves her miniature chihuahuas that she carries around. With yeah, her with, with, which goes to sh- there is love in her. She does. Have <laughs> she loves Flotsam and Jetsam. Um, you know the way they're making a live version of this now. Oh God! Yeah, I. They, we now we also saw. We never mentioned this, but we also saw some anniversary, thirtieth anniversary or something. Yeah, Little Mermaid Live. Little Mermaid Live, where they showed the film, but then for the musical interludes, they had uh, live performances by I think Shaggy and a few. Shaggy was Sebastian, which is good casting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Queen Latifah played. Ursula. Ursula, I have such high hopes. I, that, that, on I paper, that that's fantastic. Going to be amazing. I think there was a few problems. I think the costume potentially that she was wearing was way too heavy, Perhaps. and by the end of it, she was fucking knackered. It's also a very complicated song. It's a really complicated, really song. complicated, really intricate lyrics, and very fast. And yeah, but I don't think she quite used you now. Maybe it's easier to draw this thing as the person saying it, you know, and, and, and kind of do it as an animated thing. Maybe it wouldn't really work in, in sort of real life. But, you know, when she's kind of saying pathetic, 
you know, she wasn't selling those lyrics as this no. big diva. She was just kind of saying them and kind of muddling her way through it. It wasn't it, great. It, it didn't. It, it it felt like the song was one step ahead of her. Yeah, constantly. it's. It just felt like she didn't have a character. Like this, this has to be sung by a big character, big Broadway character, super confident confident and camp and funny and over the top and and over the top eating the scenery not this is Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus territory this is Bette Midler singing I put a spell on you I can put a spell on you in Hocus Pocus where she's just totally over the top loving herself and loving her life yeah um yeah just didn't work and and that's probably just Queen Tiff is not a Broadway person as far as i'm aware you know so maybe she just doesn't have it do you know who's been cast in the the film film version as ursula yeah it's okay melissa mccarthy yes well did you just guess that yeah well done you i think melissa mccarthy is really good at being like kind of irreverent and quirky and kind of i think spy is one of the best films Mm. comedy films the last five or six years she's got that she's not she's got that very american humor where it's it's saying a lot of swear words at people and kind of you know you're a big dumb fucking blah 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 i don't the the humor why people love ursula the humor that comes through her in this evil manipulative campy kind of way i don't see melissa mccarthy as that um uh, similar to how I'm not, I've seen the trailer for it, but I'm not seeing Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, but maybe I'm wrong. But it's not the impression I get when I think of Kristen Wiig and, and the character of Cheetah. Yeah. Wonder Woman, sorry, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman too. Yeah, just don't see it. I mean, to be fair, I, I think she I well. think Pat Carroll is so impeccable. He's still like her as, to do it. <laughs> well, I think Pat Carroll is so impeccable as Ursula that I don't actually think anyone could do that same interpretation. So my hope is that Melissa McCarthy just takes it in a slightly different direction. I think you have to. I think when there's such, and I think Will Smith did a good job yeah, as a genie because he, he, you can't live he, up to Robin. Robin Williams. You were never going to be You're Robin never Williams, going so, to do it so don't. Don't even attempt it. Don't try it. Do something different. Do something different and do something smart and kind of um, wow us. Do you know who I would have cast as Ursula? Me. <laughs> I would have cast Ginger Minge. Oh, that's a good choice. Isn't it? Yeah. Because Ursula was originally, did you know this? She was Ginger uh, Minge is a drag queen, by the way. On, on RuPaul's on Drag, drag Race. Race. Now, uh, Ursula. not just talking about my <laughs> <laughs> Ursula would. So. Her her whole essence is based on drag, and she is a, even if she was played by a woman, it it is a drag character in every essence. And I think that uh, having a drag queen player in the live action would be great. And to me, just Ginger Minj would play that. I mean, uh, Ginger Minj can sing; she is bombastic. She wouldn't be the name that Melissa McCarthy is, but the Little Mermaid doesn't as need an a name. Over uh, over actor as well, an total over actor, yeah. and and she's and she's the right physicality as well. Um, so I I think. Uh, I think. Well, I think Ursula's. I like her physicality. I, 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 there is a tiny bit of fat shaming in this film when they say she kind of says, "Wasted away and practically starving." And I, th- I think we're, we as the audience are meant to be like, "She's not wasting away. She's fat." Yeah, I didn't think it was fat shaming though. I, I, I felt like we were meant to be like, "But you're not wasting away." Well, yeah, you were. But yeah, 
But yeah, you kind of say like she had all this op- opulence and stuff beforehand, and she still yeah. now, now she thinks she's, she's eating these little prawns, like eating these prawns, <laughs> like these alive prawns and stuff. Yeah, I don't think it was fat shaming. That's Ursula, the LGBT icon. Ursula uh, and I think we should just stop there because she is the best character and that's about it <laughs> ah no we're selling out we have to out talk about you. Ariel we have to talk about Ariel go on ah here now <laughs> oh she's fine she's she's fantastic saccharine and sweet and Ariel know. don't give no fucks in the first half of this film she's well able to stand up for herself she don't give no fucks she's a rebellious teenager (laughs) do you you know that do you know when you're a teenager and your parents tell you you can't they catch you doing something let's say drinking and they ground you for three weeks (laughs) but you have no notion of stopping drinking (laughs) (laughs) and as soon as three weeks is later you're like how are we gonna get away with this got another drink (laughs) not once does she even consider not going to the surface no, she's never like, oh well, I better, I better get my act together. No, and you know, and she doesn't. And, and there, you know, there's, there's a bit of it that's, you know, she's standing up to a, an abusive dad and a bully, like a, a real horrible yeah. character to her. Yeah, and she's never like who has now, in fairness, again, who has her best interests at heart, but just doesn't know how to express it or how to deal with. In this movie and in the sequel, sorry, the prequel. prequel Triton is a fish out of water. Oh, he's trying to he's school got, her. He's got, oh, ah. he's getting a bit crabby. <laughs> Do you have any of those written down there, huh? Ah. We're going back onto Ariel, though. Yeah, Ariel is not intimidated by him. No, you know when he's destroying her things, she's like, she's like, stop, please stop, please stop, stop. But afterwards, she's like, oh, fuck it, Ursula will give me what I want. I feel like Ariel is the is the halfway point between. I think she gets a lot of flack because you can definitely look at Ariel as a char- as a as a female character who gives up everything in her life to to be with a boy yeah. that she has never even spoke to, and then she gives up her voice and like it, her voice being a physical thing that's terrible but literally I, I suppose if you look at it from a story a storytelling point of view your voice being uh, you know your your mark on the world you know from that point of view and that's terrible and you could also look at it that she is like altering her body and giving like the film remarks multiple times that her her voice is beautiful that her voice and eric the, the thing that eric fell in love with initially was, was her singing voice, voice. Yeah. so for her to sacrifice this one this like this this talent that she has and also to alter her body drastically to be with a boy and and, and you know if we give up everything she knows that is i guess i can totally see where that is giving a bad message and and I appreciate that, but I also think that if you she she isn't for the first half of the film, she's incredibly active. All of her decisions propel the plot in the first half of the film. Insofar as she you know going to the surface, her curiosity, you know her uh, she goes to, to to Ursula and she makes this decision and stuff. And whether or not you think that's the right decision, well, it's not, but. I do think the fact that she doesn't have an arc is a weakness in the film. I think I think that maybe she should have learned from her. But I think she should have been a bit more reprehensible at the start and been a bit more bratty. So therefore, when towards the end of the film, she grows. A bit, she grows a bit because yeah. Ariel doesn't really grow. Triton no. is the one who grows, and and I I think it's unfortunate that in the second half of the film, Ariel 
is is passive. Like she, it is her friend. Yeah, go yeah. On. No, no, just you're right. Ariel is passive because Ariel takes thing takes matters into her own hand, works out badly, but then needs a lot of other people around her to try and help her try and get this prince to fall in love with her to you know she needs the prince to kiss her she needs her dad to save her at the end you know so there's there, there is a lot of yeah and the, in distressness. The, a lot of it um and the uh, literally the only active thing she does is that she is directly responsible for flotsam and jetsam being killed because she ursula is going to kill eric and she she's like you you monster and she grabs her and and then Ursula ends up shooting Flotsam and Jetsam but that's the last active thing Ariel does and Ariel spends the finale of this film at the bottom of a water yeah and she doesn't she doesn't actually uh, save her dad in the end it's Eric actually Eric is the one I I think that's a pity and it would have been quite simple just for them to tweak just have Eric be fallen down and have Ariel somehow I, I don't know how but have Air, Air, Ariel somehow use Ursula's power against her I, I, I really wouldn't have been difficult just to, to workshop that last couple of scenes just to have Ariel be the person who takes Ursula down I, I actually think had Ariel taken Ursula down and had Ariel had been a little more had just had a, a little tweak in her arc so therefore maybe Triton's not such an asshole and Ariel is the asshole, and actually, her assholeness is what gets Triton in like, trouble. Mean, I, like I think it is there insofar as Ariel is an irresponsible teenager who's driven by, you know, wanting to fall in love and all that kind of stuff, and she makes a lot of bad choices. And she I makes think, a lot of bad choices, and I think that is while you could say okay well this would be nice if she was a bit more active and and you know contributed to ursula's downfall and that and that kind of stuff she's 16 like you know and she made some really bad irresponsible choices and then needs to be sort of (laughs) saved from those choices yeah no i get that i just think from a storytelling point of view i do think though that if like if it had been a boy who was 16, they may not have been... They, they probably would have made irresponsible choices, but would have gotten themselves out of the problem. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, would yeah. have been the hero by the end of it, rather yeah. than I wanted, being I wa- saved. Yeah, I want Ariel to be the hero at the end. I, I kind of feel like, like I said, Triton is the one who, who uh, has the arc, and Eric is the one who defeats the bad guy. And I'm like, well, why isn't Ariel having the arc? Or yeah, why isn't Triton has the arc and Eric's the hero. Yeah, so where does that leave our main our main character? He gets the boy. Well, I don't <laughs> think that's a don't I no, don't I think know, that's impressive. That's, <laughs> and at the end, because she's back at being a mermaid and she's still pining after this guy, it's ultimately Triton who makes the decision to. <laughs> it is his decision. Yeah. Literally, Ariel is powerless at the at the end. Yeah, it's it's he kind of performs he's like okay well i guess i'll be he he does what he could have done at the start well, he, she nearly destroyed the world but okay yeah, yeah. and he gives her this dress that has a train when she leaves the sea but it disappears when she's out of the sea and oh, i didn't notice that yeah. well, there you go i did there was something else i wanted to say oh yeah there, <laughs> there's a whole scene as well where like she's totally like naked apart from her little shells <laughs> and like yes. like scuttle and flounder and sebastian are seeing 
her, <laughs> not it's not big. just legs that she's yeah. got you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they're like what the hell is that <laughs> I do love as well how confident she is like she there is not one doubt in her mind that like well obviously Eric's gonna fall in love with me yeah you've got three days to make this boy fall in love okay. and it has to be like a really loving kiss and she's like oh yeah fucking easy sure yeah, yeah. oh I have to give up my voice you got your looks I do have my looks yeah your pretty face yeah I do I'm, I am I'm, 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 I'm stunning obviously <laughs> yeah she's no and she when she's doing the like he loves me he loves me not and then it lands on he loves me she's like yeah yeah clearly I was, I was like I'm a knockout true. redhead like yeah. yeah with the tiniest waist she is so skinny her waist <laughs> is tiny I also kind of think had Flounder and Sebastian not been there would she have drowned because like she is turned into yeah, a human yeah, yeah. she doesn't say she doesn't say I'll send you to the surface no she turn you into a human. no uh, and in the fairy tale like she's given a potion and she swims up to the surface and then drinks it but in this she's just turned and then flounder and Sebastian bring her up Driving and there's a slightly erotic I find that quite erotic when she has the her head slashes I back I thought that was an excellent excellent scene like when she when she comes up and she takes her first breath it's and, beautiful and, and I think it's meant to be more like a rebirth or something like yes that. yes yeah. yes that's a good way of putting it one of the main differences between this film and the other two is the way it's directed and the, and the, the certain shots like that which are so well directed and are sort of give a bit of gravitas to yeah. this kind of cartoonish story which I really like well I mean that scene where she like gets out of the water is replicated by Melody in the second one but it's uh, it's not it doesn't have anywhere near the gravitas no. uh, it's not and it's I think it's like the the, the shading or the lighting yeah, she's, it's a silhouette yeah yeah, it's stunning it's, it's a stunning bit yeah, of animation yeah. uh, but I do think there's a sensuality there that I just think is interesting to comment mm. on uh, like even I, I kind of think there are scenes in this where Ariel is slightly sexualized more than maybe Snow White or Cinderella maybe I mm. Okay, give us examples. Well, the f- the, when she turns from a mermaid to a human, we see her like pretty much naked apart from her little shells. Well, you don't see bum. No, but I just think that, that we see her form and stuff. And then when she lifts her hair out and and uh, and when she comes out of the sea in her purple dress. And I don't actually think it's a bad I thing. I the purple dress is sexualized. I think she just looks stunning in a purple dress. I mean, it's not sexual. I, 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 it's not it's, like it's not Jessica like Rabbit sexualized but there's there, there is something womanly about Ariel mm-hmm. that I maybe isn't about the other Disney princesses anyway we haven't mentioned Jodie Benson I mean Jodie Benson oh, <coughs> is iconic as, yeah. as, as Ariel and to be like like she was again a kind of a mid-level Broadway actress but when she got hired as this that's her sorted for life like oh, apart from the other totally, two films yeah. anytime there's a Moana film another Disney princess film she has she's invited to a red carpet there is an Ariel Khan an oh Ariel God. yeah there's an Ariel Khan Ariel Khan and it's not even annual it's biannual so every twice a year she just turns up and there's like aerial things and she gets probably paid a bucket load of money Jesus Christ Uh, she's sorted for like I tell you just voice a Disney one yeah well to be honest I don't I don't Pocahontas' voice actress she's in The Little Mermaid to be fair it's a bigger it has to be an iconic I do have a few general comments so first scene Sebastian coming in doing a symphony Mm -hmm. takes out sheet music Mm mhm how are you writing sheet music under the sea? <laughs> Where did they get the paper? On paper. 
Yeah. Secondly, mm-hmm. mermaids mm-hmm. breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. Breathe over water. Yeah, and they've got boobies. We know that. Don't have gills. I mean, maybe they've gills at the back of their ears, but we maybe see making shit up. We see they've got boobies, and we see Triton's nips. So, are they mammals? I think there's something else, but. Uh, <laughs> They don't go to heaven, so well, there you go. No, I just thought it was interesting because, like, she would have when she was turned into a human. Then, so she could breathe underwater and overwater. She would never experience not being able to breathe underwater. Yeah, I feel like when she was a mermaid, she was um, amphibious, like Sebastian. Yeah, and that's why they made Sebastian a crab, right? Because he could be over because he because they needed her to have a companion yeah, above yeah. the water. I think early well, prototypes. I mean, he can also swim pretty well. Which <laughs> well, I think early prototypes had him being a turtle. And something that also annoys me about this is that, like, we see Triton with dolphins when he arrives. Dolphins are pulling his big conch carriage slaves and and in the se- not so much in this but in the sequels we see a walrus a penguin and a manatee mm. and it's like they all breathe air are they like constantly leaving Atlantica yeah, yeah, to yeah, breathe yeah. air but whatever it's it's fine I mean they can hold their breath for a long time a long time a long time I was thinking though because I think we were talking about this if mer people existed like there's no technology there's no concept of probably physics and why well, I mean, technology is both mostly our technology is mostly based on electrics, electronics, and I mean, technology existed in in technology existed five hundred years ago. Like in terms of the horse and cart, that's technology to a certain extent. Okay, so I'm talking about modern uh, electromagnetism mag- and you know uh, TVs and iPhones. And well, did Eric stuff. have any of that? No, but uh, it wouldn't be possible to create that stuff but maybe the mer people and the land people grew in tandem until elect the electronic age and then the mer people were left yeah, behind and then they had to wait a while and then go oh we, we've waterproofed these now so now you can have I some. mean we're, we're, I mean maybe but my yeah. point is that if people sentient people and uh, intelligent creatures lived under the sea under the sea it would be very difficult if not impossible for them to evolve technologically to the same extent as land people that's assuming though that their technology was the same would develop in the same kind of way that we would they might find other ways oh <laughs> yeah I, like i mean or maybe they would just stay I like a very I, primitive people well that's what i mean but i like i don't uh, physics aren't going isn't going to change just because they're under the sea but maybe they would find another way to... Uh, like you were even saying, like, sound travels differently underwater. So even speaking... Like when, when Ariel came up and started singing, it probably would have been like, ah! Well, that's it. Ah! Maybe we're just being... It's been translated to, like, English and stuff. But actually, in the version, she's just, like, clicking like a dolphin. <laughs> like, <and> then, <laughs> that's what Eric fell in love with. But, you know, as well, like, like if you think about it, they wouldn't have telescopes to look at the stars or have any understanding about, you know. Well, if they could go to the surface, they could. Well, they're not allowed to go to the surface. Well, that's uh, that's a man-made or a mer-man-made. I, mean, I mean, they would have to build. They would have to go up to the surface, understand the physics above the surface, and then build things on the surface to like flap out to, and then start looking. You know, well, I know. 
yeah. so I, I feel like there's and it was interesting as well that she was like oh yeah candles they burn apparently she, burn? yeah she doesn't even know the concept of yeah. fire yeah. yeah I mean I'm sure there are lots of mermaid f- fantasy I'm sure there's mermaid fantasy fiction that have explored these things but I love I'd love the idea of like ex- I mean in Star Wars or in Star Wars you had whatever the Jar Jar Binks um, yeah people they were, they were water 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 but they did have like out of, they, they did have cities. but they could obviously survive they were more amphibious stuff. weren't they yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway that's so it I nice. think it's time I, I haven't heard it yet but I think it's time for a thesis statement Paul if you have is it time for Paul's thesis statement yeah. okay I'll be quick because I think we're probably over time now when this film first came out I think Disney really wanted Ariel to be this feminist icon compared to Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and Snow White. And it got a lot of criticism, which kind of propelled a much more progressive characters like uh, Belle uh, going forward and, and Jasmine and stuff. And I think that's fair enough. I think there's arguments there. But I I was kind of thinking, uh, and a lot of those arguments were around that she changes her body, that she does everything. To, you know, and I can understand that. But while I was watching the film this time, and it's probably my first time watching this film in five years, I began to think, is, is there an allegory that Ariel's experience is similar to the transgender experience? And I, I, won- I wondered, was this something that anyone else had thought of? So I googled Little Mermaid transgender, and actually, this is a whole thing. So I, I was thinking I was That's on. Interesting. Yeah, I was. I, I thought I was like really. Oh my god, is this like a new angle? No, it's not. <laughs> not a new. It's not a new angle at all. There's no new. Yeah. Okay. But Ideas. the the uh, but if you look at Ariel as a transgender character, okay, she she is born into a family that that loves her but doesn't quite understand her and she doesn't even quite understand herself she just feels that there is something different about her and she wants to to leave it explore it explore it and then i guess when she meets eric let's just say that she realizes that she's transgender and she tries to explain this trans species or yeah. yeah and she is she's not in the right physical form her 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 soul is a different form to the to her physical form and she tries to explain this to her family her father and her father just absolutely isn't having it is totally against it and pushes her towards shady dealings you know Ursula you know the one we want to pose you know there's characters there who were resulting to sex work and wrong exactly and And to to become their authentic selves they had to actually result in back backroom surgeries and backroom things that are totally taking advantage of them that aren't help, that aren't respectful of them and aren't and are totally and then that ends up not being good for Ariel and eventually then her family realise actually this is just who, this is is. Just who you are yeah. and we accept who you are and I, I just think that's a nice way of looking at The Little Mermaid and if you look at Ariel through that lens it, it makes it much more progressive and I if there's any way of looking at this film in a less in a more kind light I'm game <laughs> i think that's interesting because i think like i had spoken a bit earlier about uh triton being racist but maybe he was somebody who looked at a particular community regardless of race in a poor light or not mm. understanding that community and not understanding uh, why people would want to be that way when they yeah. could be a different way um he literally says they're way. all the same which yeah. is like such a bigoted point of view so yeah that's interesting yeah I think that, that that sort of metamorphosis i suppose yeah into into a different species in this case is 
maybe analogous to the, the trans-, trans icon Ariel trans experience. That's Paul's thesis statement. So Khan That's the Little Mermaid That's the Little Mermaid We didn't talk about direction But we've talked so long Ron Clements And John Musker You've done loads of stuff For Disney You're great You're grand Music's incredible Okay Doesn't pass the Bechdel test By the way Does not pass it. No it does not the only and, and Samuel E. Wright is the only non-white c- cast member as well. I was thinking about I thought about this earlier, and I was kind of saying, well, Flounder, I suppose, is a boy that she's speaking to, but he's a kid, and they're talking about just humans in general, and and flick flacks and nerk burks and all this kind of stuff. I think I think her sisters they they could have made her sisters more prominent. Yeah, they are much more prominent in the sequel. In the sequel, I'm pretty sure it probably does pass the Bechdel test because oh, they yeah, talk a lot talked about uh, music and parties and oh, the stuff. prequel yeah. passes. Sorry, the, prequel, yeah. the sequel probably passes too with Melody and Ariel. Yeah, but Ursula and Ariel only talk about Eric or the spell that is Ariel's path to Eric. So no, it doesn't matter. Darn. Sorry. So, list time. Where are we going to put on our list, Paul? I mean, it's number one, right? Mm. Okay. Well, let's look. I mean, I feel Disney is going to be. High. <laughs> I feel Disney is going to be really high. <laughs> well, maybe not. We don't know what I'm going to pick. Um. I think it's better than Oliver. Okay, you're already in there at number two. <laughs> Whoa. I, I think there's an argument for how to mod. Oh okay, I'm not I'm not entirely disagreeing with you here. Um would I go further down? No, it's better than Fish Hall One, it's better than Widows, enjoyed it more. Ooh Harold and Maud. So, I feel if I give in, it's just going to be your way because it's never going to leave number one. Uh, no, no. I mean, I do think this film has its problems. I do. Like, I, I think Ariel's activeness needs is is an issue. Um, I think, I think that's a big issue. But I think the, it's beautifully made. It's all the characters are likable. The music is just outstanding. Um, I I I feel affinity with uh, obviously Ursula, but also Maud for different reasons. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Harold and Maud is an incredible film as well. I I'm not, you know, if you want to put it number two, I, I would agree with you. Okay, will we say two then? That is a human film. Well, this is a fairy tale. At the oh, end of the day, I, I I think if a cartoon could absolutely be number one, but it could be human. I think I think <clears> the, the cartoon would have to be exceptional to be number one because I just don't I, but personally I just don't feel that same okay. con- connection I'm, I'm happy with number two I think that's a, a very worthy spot no I'm not <laughs> no I think why, why has your voice gone so high it hasn't I'm totally I've said from the beginning I think number two is a good spot for this film okay number two so Little Mermaid Disney going in extremely high. Well done, lads. Well done. You did a good job, Waltz. We appreciate your film. You finally got... You got not number one, Waltz, but number two. Okay, we got to flip a coin here, Paul. Tell me what your next film is. Okay, I'm going to pick something that'll be very interesting to do with our format. I don't know how happy you're going to be. I'm going to do Fantasia. Oh, I told you I watched Fantasia. 
I like Fantasia. Well, I just didn't think you'd like it for service agreements. Is this the one that you were saying? Oh, I've got one. I didn't I think you'd like it because it's not a traditional narrative. It's lots of short films. Yeah, well, that's alright. Okay, cool. Hopefully What's yours? <laughs> oh, so I had two. I was either going to go with Beauty and the Beast, or from 1992, anyway, uh, early 90s, or Pinocchio. I totally thought you were going to do Lion King. I'm shocked that you're not doing Lion King. I thought that was a bit obvious. Uh, well, well, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I think both. Sorry, Pinocchio or Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I think both of them would make great. I episodes. see. I think I, I'm 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 exploiting this genre for those Disney films that I haven't seen as much. I've seen The Lion King a billion times. Okay. I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast in Donkey's Ears and Pinocchio I think I've seen once. So I'm kind of saying, well, let's use this time to to, to explore a bit deeper. So Beauty and the Beast is 1990s. So that would be our 1990s. Pinocchio is 1940. 1940. So is uh, Fantasia. Ooh, there you go. So, so if, if one, are, which are you picking? Oh, um, so I'll just go with Beauty and the Beast. Okay, so you, I keep picking wrong. So you pick. I'll pick heads. All right. So Fantasia's Tales and Pinocchio. I think we should write this down. No, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> we in one. I feel I haven't won a toy cause in months. Well, what is it? Tails! I won! <laughs> Look, there's the evidence. I can't believe I won. I really didn't expect it. So we're doing Fantasia. We're doing this Fantasia. will be quite a difference. So I don't get Pinocchio. Thanks for that, Paul. Well, we can watch Pinocchio. In fact, next next few weeks, we'll watch a lot of 1940s Disney films. Oh, yeah, okay. And David, well, I'll tell David to watch Fantasia. And Dan- Fantasia had a sequel in 2000, so we could watch that as well. Was it any good? <laughs> it's beautiful. I watched no, I the know. only film I've ever seen in IMAX. I have only seen in IMAX some documentary fish thing. Back when it kind of first came out. Yeah, I think I, I felt like IMAX was only in Ireland a couple of years. I think it kind of came back recently. Really? Where is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. No, you can do IMAX. I think in Dublin you can do IMAX maybe down at the... Uh, where was it? I can't remember now. <clears throat> but uh, IMAX is still a thing. Oh, um, yeah. well, and I think it kind of came back into fashion along with 3D and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, my dad brought me to Anta- Fantasia. My dad is a huge fan of Fantasia. So David's it's going to be part of it. It'll be a totally different episode because it's not a film that we could do in our same format. It'll be more of a talking for yeah. 10, 20 minutes for each short. Yeah. Okay. That's that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, great. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, so I've got to tell you what, uh, where to go and where to like and all that. So you can obviously visit our website at www.silverhydenscreamers.com. You can follow us on Twitter at silverscreamers.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Silver Screamers Podcast, Instagram, Silver Screamers Podcast. Email us, silverscreamers at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and your Apple Podcast app on your Apple iPhone. Like us, tweet us, review us, comment on us. Keep it all fun and happy. And thank you very much, guys. Bye. Bye.
That's what Eric fell in love with. Hey, 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 hey,